I got a text message from a friend who's a big Oilers fan about halfway through the first period. She thought she was being quite clever. She said, what in the Erickson Eck is going on? <laughs> it was all Minnesota early. Quite frankly, it was all Minnesota late and in the middle as well. It is a 7-2, a 7-3 win for the Minnesota Wild over the Edmonton Oilers as the Oilers' five-game winning streak comes to a crashing halt at Rogers Place tonight. And we will go downstairs. Here's head coach Jay Woodcroft. Hear your reaction to what happened tonight and B, to see how you handle what's going forward. I mean, your next four games are against the number two, number three, number four, number five uh, teams in the National Hockey League overall. Can you deal with all of that, please? Sure, I'll go to your first question uh, about tonight. Uh, obviously, not happy with the result. Wasn't happy with the way the game, or we began the game as a group. Um, I thought we made some uh, some errors that are that can be cleaned up. Um, you find yourself down four-one at the end of the first period. You you go into the dressing room and you you talk as a group about the things that you want cleaned up. Um, I thought we got a little better as the game went on, but just some uh, mental errors that ended up uh, in the back of our net. Give credit to the other team. They're a good hockey team as well. And uh, certainly, certainly our team can be better. We can play better. Now to the second part of your question about uh, this upcoming road trip. Um, we're going to handle it the way we've handled our business here over the last little while, which is we're going to take one day at a time. Um, we are going to worry about the next opponent, uh, but before we even can get to that, we're going to worry about resting and recuperating after playing five games in seven nights. We're going to travel down to Florida and we're going to get a good uh, team practice in, something that we haven't had a lot of and uh, we're going to come up with a game plan versus uh, the two-time uh, Stanley Cup champions. You, you already made mention of the five and seven and back-to-back -back in different cities. To, to what extent was tonight maybe fatigue-related and to what extent were some stuff that just sh shouldn't be happening? Well, I, I don't think uh, we're in the business of making excuses. The schedule is what the schedule is and uh, no one in that room, I, I don't think, would go there. Um, for me, what I believe is that uh, when you find yourself in situations like this, that's why you have a structure in place is to kind of protect the the individuals um, during tough circumstances and um, you know certainly uh, I in between periods we talked about um, sticking together and grinding through the, those tough circumstances and um, nobody was pointing fingers there were no independent contractors out there uh, we ground through it as a team uh, we're going to use it as a growth opportunity going forward Um, just on Mike Smith, he's been so good for you lately, I guess, a, a game like this today. You didn't get much help in front of him in the first little while, and some of those shots where guys were picking corners, I guess. Just what are your thoughts on, yeah. on Mike? And they, you can't pin that on on, or on Mike or Miko in any way. To me, I don't think uh, the team um, played to our capability tonight. I thought uh, we saw some things that we haven't seen over the last week or so. Um, the amount of odd-numbered rushes in the first period alone was probably more than we've given up in the last five games so um, this is not on any one person it's a we're gonna stick together as a team on this and, and we own it as a group 
To what extent does uh, winning five in a row before this kind of help you cope with what happened? Not that you're ever like, yeah, it's cool, we lost 7-3, but are you kind of, do you have some equity built up in what you've accomplished so far so you can... Well, you know, just going back to our initial question here tonight, I don't think so. I think uh, we're about to get better. We're about the getting better every day. And, um, you know, so we're not relying on what we did a week ago. We're not relying on what we did yesterday. Um, we took our lumps today uh, against a good hockey team. And uh, we're going to learn from it. And like I said, um, we're focused on having a good travel day tomorrow and then in bringing a good attitude. Uh, into our practice day and it'll be nice to have a practice day um, on Tuesday so um, like I said our focus and attention is just on on preparing for the Stanley Cup champions here um, before tonight Jay uh, obviously five really good games you know you said you weren't happy with tonight's results um, is this road trip especially the beginning of it going to tell you what what you want to know and what you think about your team uh, I understand the narrative. I I, I get it. I understand the narrative. Uh, but like I said, I'm going to keep going back to this. We've asked our players to keep our pitcher small, um, to not worry about uh, noise from the outside, to just worry about controlling um, their effort, their energy level, uh, their, their details in practice, and being the best they can on a daily basis. And that is where our attention is. And like I said, starts with a travel day it moves on to a practice day and uh, eventually we're gonna you know be ready to play um, the Tampa Bay Lightning Jay one of the highlights I guess of tonight was Tyler Benson scoring his first goal of course a player wants to score his first in a meaningful game you know within reach a big goal but unfortunately that wasn't the case but just reflecting on your time with him down in Bakersfield and now in Edmonton how rewarding is it to see him score his first yeah, I mean, a tough game for the team tonight, uh, certainly. Um, uh, you know, I, I don't think anybody's walking out of the building tonight feeling uh, great about our team performance. But on an in individual basis for Tyler to score his first NHL goal, obviously he's, he's going to feel good about that and, and try and build on it as he moves forward. Good, thanks. Okay, that's Jay Whitcroft, head coach, uh, head coach of the Edmonton Oilers. That's his first loss. Coaching the team, and uh, it was a stinky one. 7-3, Minnesota tonight at Rogers Place. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown in the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Center for Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. So, Rob, it's uh, 1-0, 2.49 into the game. It's 2-0 at 5.21. It's 3-0 at 6.17. And then it's 4-0 at 13.38. Mike Smith pulled four goals on seven shots. But, yeah, as Woodcroft said, this was a team effort <laughs> to, to to take the loss uh, I mean Smith uh, allowed one on a uh, two-on-one another one on a breakaway Koskinen faced a couple of breakaways stopped one was beaten on the other one this was just I mean it was oh, overall Edmonton never looked like they had anything going in this game I, I guess I, I suppose you can say that the latter portion of the first period was pretty good and they got a power play goal but oh by the way you're already down four nothing <laughs> so I mean this was just uh, it was just a rotten game tonight it, it was the Oilers gave up seven goals and Minnesota didn't score on a breakaway a three-on-one a couple two-on-ones 
and some other grade A scoring chances. So there, there was plenty of opportunities for the Minnesota Wild to score. I, I liked what uh, Jay said when he talked. When someone said, "Is you know fatigue, so many games, so many nights," he said, "Well, no. We have a a plan. We have structure that's supposed to protect players uh, when they get fatigued or when a mistake happens or or when you're having an off." night and the Oilers got completely away from that they they couldn't make passes they they made poor decisions uh they got beat uh a number of times the minnesota wild i've never seen so many toe drags in my life in in, in the offensive zone just because the Oilers weren't finishing checks now again uh, it's a to me i believe it's a one-off this team has been playing better they're on a huge a great stretch even you know the the coach got fired because of two bad games but they had a great stretch before the all-star break as well they've been playing well and sometimes you you have an off night and you just hope that that off night doesn't turn into two or three well yeah and that's the thing and, and the schedule is uh is pretty menacing coming up but I, I i like what jay woodcroft said i mean he said okay i get it everybody's gonna make a story to, you know defending champions and uh, how are we gonna do against them but it, like he said they keep the picture small travel tomorrow practice tuesday and then and then play the game on uh, on wednesday night so that is woodcroft's first loss as the head coach of the Oilers. his record now five and one as coach of the team they do go four and one over this stretch of mm-hmm. five games in seven days which i think everybody would have taken going into that and the record for the year 28 19 and three so they miss a chance to hop ahead of vegas which they could have done with a win tonight so you got calgary with 64 points on a nine game winning streak and two games in hand on both edmonton and vegas vegas has 60 points edmonton has 59 did vegas get two points tonight have they up that because vegas did win tonight night against San Jose so that probably doesn't have the oh that's a good point that might not be up there yeah Vegas would have they would have no you're right sorry that that hasn't refreshed yet now it has it thank you Rob you're welcome Uh, so now they have 62 so they could have yeah anyway Uh, so the Calgary 64 but with three games in hand on Vegas Vegas 62 Edmonton 59 LA 59 Uh, Edmonton is placed ahead on well, actually, they don't have the points percentage anymore, but they have the tiebreaker on something else. Uh, the regulation wins, and uh, Anaheim 57. So still tight uh, in the Pacific Division. The Oilers in a better spot than they were a couple of weeks ago, but it, it's going to be a good stretch. It's going to be, uh, I think it's going to be tense. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's going to be tough to get separation, but we're seeing there are a couple fewer teams in the race yes. than there might have been a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Vancouver and San Jose, I don't think, are really going to be factors. Winnipeg in the wild card. They're in a bit of a tough spot now, seven out, but that's uh, sort of a big-picture look at the Western Conference. But, yeah, Rob, I mean, this this was, like, out of control early. I mean, <laughs> even before the Wild, and it didn't take long for the Wild to score because the first goal was 249, but even on the first couple of shifts, I thought, ooh, this, the Oilers just, they don't look... Crisp, they don't clean. look crisp. They didn't look, you know, kind of in control. Like, you know, they just were, you know, sloppy and spread out and not executing. And then when that, I mean, I hate to say this, but even when that first one went in, and it was only one nothing, and I realized they're, we're used to seeing them give up the first goal. They came back against Anaheim. You know, they came back from one nothing down against L.A. in a pretty good game. But even when it was one nothing, Minnesota, something just struck me that I was thinking, uh-oh. Uh, that's that didn't look good well it was just the mistakes all over the ice uh, there's games where you you just make some you know bonehead plays in your own zone that cost you but this was one that it was in their own zone it was in the neutral zone offensively uh, i mean 
they had a two-on-one where they didn't shoot. They had a, a four-on-two where Bouchard has the puck on a stick. He gives it away and turns it into a two-on-one going the other way. Yamamoto had the puck in front of the net, and he stepped away from the front of the net when he instead of shooting it. So it was one of those things that uh, sometimes you, you, tur you turn the brain switch on. And uh, when you're tired, that's usually the first thing that goes, and it obviously did tonight, and that's why you have to simplify, and the Oilers didn't. And the Minnesota Wild were a team that was hungry for a win, and they played well. Minnesota's good. I think that's the first thing you got. To say. Minnesota has a very good hockey club. Uh, they are deep. They're good on defense. Uh, they've got some skill up front, some people that you don't know a whole lot about, but when they get the puck on the stick, they're able to make good plays. The Kaprizov, he only had the one assist tonight. He was all over the place. He could have been all over the scoreboard if things had gone, if he got a bounce or a break. And when you play a good team and you're not on your game, you fall behind by four early and you give up seven. So that was a game that the others deserved the score they got. And I do like, and you alluded to it, what Woodcroft said, that he's not going to use fatigue as an nope. excuse, though I do think that factored into the game. Well, but, yeah, it but, does. but, yeah, as he said, we have things in place to counteract the night where maybe we're not playing well or we are a little tired because... As you've told me, Rob, if teams only played well when they felt energized, <laughs> they'd only play well about 15 games a year. It's true. And well, you wouldn't be guaranteed to win all of those. Well, it, it, here's the, the thing. When you make excuses when you lose a game because of scheduling or, or and fatigue, then you've got to take in account for all the games that you win against teams well, exactly. that are fatigued. Yeah. And there's a bunch of games that the Oilers have won over the course of the season. They played a team that's won on back-to-back -back or three and four. The Oilers have the better schedule. But you don't look at that. You, you look at the, each game as its own game. And the Oilers, uh, we've seen the Oilers as a tired hockey club win hockey games. We've seen them play three and four in, their fourth in the third game as their best game of the trip. So they're capable of doing. Now, as a fan or as someone sitting up here, I, I, you know they're tired. But there were things they did tonight that wasn't just fatigue. They got out of their structure. They got out of the way they're supposed to play. They made mistakes that they, they don't need to do. And, and when you play against a good hockey club, they will make you pay for your, for your mistakes. And the Minnesota Wild did tonight. They scored seven, and it easily could have been 10 or 11. They had that many great A scoring chances. So 7-3 is the victory total for the Minnesota Wild tonight. Kevin Fiala had two goals and an assist to lead the way for them. Matt Boldy, first-round draft pick from a couple of years ago, had a goal and an assist. Uh, Zuccarello had a goal and an assist. Uh, wild all over the score sheet, obviously. Uh, Zach Hyman, the only Oiler with two points tonight, he had a goal and an assist. His goal right near the end of the game with a minute six left was not shorthanded. Uh, Leon's penalty has expired by one second. So... It was shorthanded, basically, Rob, for the purpose of the game flow, but from a stats point of view, because I, I checked, and I, Leon was... He was standing he's, out there. He's right at center ice, but he, he'd just come out of the penalty box, and Hyman, and, and, you know, nice finish by Hyman. It too, was. Too bad it was uh, window dressing in a 7-3 loss. You know what I liked when I was the player stepping out of the box, and you get a plus, and you, know, you did nothing <laughs> other than take <laughs> one step point. out of the penalty box. It was nice. It was a nice play by McLeod, too. Uh, he, he, he waited out the fenceman. He found the triangle. Uh, underneath the stick that was able to get the puck on Hyman, and Hyman puts the puck in the net. Uh, confidence builder for Hyman. Uh, nice play by McLeod, but I think more or less, other than maybe taking that small clip of Benson scoring the goal, you throw the tape out of this game and you start preparing for the next one, which is, well, 
a better hockey club because they are the two times defending Stanley Cup champions. Yeah, good, I mean, good moment for Tyler Benson, 15-58 of the second period. Hyman and Lagason get the assists on the play, his first career goal. And, you know, a player we've seen kind of go through a lot over the last few years. He's, he's still working on on finding a, a role here with the Oilers as more of a depth player and maybe trying to forecheck and agitate a little bit. And I, I will say what I liked about that, Rob, because you, you say this to me all the time, uh, often on the air, like shoot hard mm-hmm. and hit the net. And I, and I know it was a four-footer with the goalie kind of out of the way, but he slapped it into the net. Well, just said, you make no mistake. All right, well, I, I've been there where, you, oh, I'm just going to softly put this in the back of the net, and all of a sudden someone comes sliding through, someone throws a stick back, uh, whatever. You make sure the puck was in the net. And I, I, when I coach kids uh, on the ice all week long, we tell them every time you put the puck in the net, you put it in with purpose. Whether it's warm-up, whether you're just skating around the ice and shooting into an empty net, put it in with purpose. Let it become uh, so that muscle memory, so that every time that you're in that position, you're always going to put it in with a bit of uh, anger behind it. And it was a, a goal in a nothing game, but it's still a goal in the National Hockey League. And I can tell you when he was a young kid growing up, he dreamt of having an opportunity to play in the NHL. And then after you get that opportunity, you have a dream of scoring. And to do it in your own hometown, that's a pretty cool experience for Tyler Benson. 7-3, Minnesota taking it over the Oilers. That'll be a $300 donation to 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous from James H. Brown and Associates. Unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results. They give $100 for every Oilers goal throughout the season. And the total now $16,000. $800 with the orders going into Tampa Bay on Wednesday. Okay, we got more post-game reaction coming up. Uh, we're going to hear from Dreisaitl and Nurse, and we can hear from you as well on the CertainTeed hotline, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed, pro all the way. Minnesota takes it 7-3. This is Heartland Ford, overtime open line. Puck comes up, hits Fogel up high. Inside the Canes end, long pass. Kaprizov comes in on the left side. The back hit. Oh, the save made by Koskinen. Got it with the right pad as Kaprizov got sent in down the left wing. Koskinen, it was already 4-1 for the Wild at the time, and Kaprizov, who's an electrifying player, got a breakaway. That is the save of the game for Reface Magic. Transform your kitchen with ease. See the magic at refacemagic.ca. Not a lot of good numbers for the Oilers tonight, including in net. Koskinen allows three goals on 15 shots. Smith started. He allowed four on seven and got pulled after 13 and a half minutes. Minnesota wins at 7-3. So that was a shot on goal for Kaprizov. He had three shots. Connor McDavid had three shots. I set the line before the game for River Cree Resort and Casino. Excitement bet on it. Over or under seven and a half total shots on goal by players wearing number 97. So the total was six. It's under and Janine wins a $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card. There's a couple that Kaprizov missed the net. That worked out well for Janine. He was in tight, missed the net. Yeah, that's true. Couple shots went wide. Uh, Connor had a blocked shot tonight, one of his shots blocked. Yeah, but you know what? I bet you Janine had taken all that into consideration. She knew that he was a little off tonight, Kaprizov, so she said, all right, he's going to miss a few, and I'm going to go under and win me a prize. I know some people think face-offs can be an overrated stat. <laughs> Well, the orders were 64% tonight, <laughs> well, they, including McDavid going 13-0 to 17. They showed during the second period, the Oilers outshot them, I think it was like 15-4, to 4, outhit them 9-6, to 6, 
Faceoffs were 63% to 37% and got outscored 2 to 1. Yeah. So sometimes the stats do lie. Yeah, that's true. Okay, 780-496-0063. We have Greg standing by. Hey, Greg, go ahead. Hey, guys, how's it going? Good. So I'm actually looking forward to, like, I hate seeing the Oilers lose, obviously, but I'm looking forward to see um, <clears throat> how they're going to respond to a little adversity uh, under uh, Woodcroft. So I'm kind of excited. Yeah, I know they play Tampa and, and Colorado and stuff, but I'm still a little excited. But um, <clears throat> I do have a question for you guys. Um, after that goaltending performance that Duncan Keith put in again uh, in the Winnipeg game, I'm just wondering when we're going to see him back in the net. Yeah, that was funny. He, and they actually gave him Hellebuck stats. It wasn't <laughs> Koskinen stats. It was Hellebuck stats with 36 saves. I, I know a few people pointed that out to me. I'm not going to spend too much time making fun of that because I make my share of mistakes on, uh, on live radio. But, yeah, we did notice that yesterday for sure. Um I think thanks, Greg. We appreciate it. And I agree with Greg's sentiment. And I say this all the time, Rob. I mean, now, now let's see what they do. Okay, you lost the game. Okay, you got smoked. Um, and I, you know, I said this. Uh, I said this the other night on my show. I want to see how Jay coaches when it, it's he's down two nothing going to the third. Mm-hmm. No, we wish they would have only been down two. <laughs> but you know what I mean. I, I want to see how everybody reacts with a new. With a new coach, with, um, you know, after a bump up in the standings and some good results, I, wa- I do want to see how they well, react now. you don't want the first time for them to see adversity under the new coaching staff come playoff time. You want to see the adversity now, and you want to... And when the Oilers went through some tough times with Dave Tippett and, and his coaching staff, they would know which players could handle it, which players couldn't in their minds. And they would say, okay, here's who can do this, here's who can't. And that was going forward those were the players that he would use in certain situations well now it's different because it's a different coach and he saw what the players were doing when everything was going right but now okay they had an off night who can play in these nights who who gets better who gets worse how do they respond you know there's a a number of players just looking up and down the stat line that had really poor nights tonight which how do they respond like bouchard minus three tonight What's he going to be like the next game? It's a, it's another good opponent. Is he going to be better that night, or is he going to sit and it's going to bother him? Uh, you look at all the young defensemen, who this is the first time they've faced some adversity since they've started playing seven defensemen. Which ones are capable of coming back and stepping up the next game, and which ones go into a shell? So these are the things that the coaching staff needs to see. And hey, you don't look forward to a loss, but sometimes a loss allows you to see more about your team and, and find out what they're made of than a win does. Yeah, well, I think that's a good point. And, I mean, this one was... <laughs> well, they got <laughs> to see about 50 minutes of adversity because they were behind quite early in this hockey game. Uh, they weren't good. And every team has them. Uh, usually, you like to have those on the road. You don't like having those on home ice. But uh, the others get to go away. And, I mean, great rebound. of going and have a, f- a fantastic game in Tampa Bay. That would be a good way to rebound from this. It's funny. You mentioned Leon Dreisaitl getting the plus for stepping out of the penalty box. He, he, was, he was plus one tonight. Yep. He and William Lagason were the only pluses on the Oilers, which a couple of uh, Hyman and CeCe were even. Everybody else was minus. But, yeah, I mean, just such an off night. And, I, full, look, full credit to the Wild. This, this is a show that covers the Oilers, so we'll talk more from that perspective. The Wild are a good team, but from Edmonton, I, I mentioned early in the game, you just got the sense the passes weren't being completed. Mm-hmm. They just didn't seem as composed and detailed as they had been. Uh, Dreisaitl skated out in front of his own net into traffic, and then, I mean, he kind of put himself in a bad situation and then just passed the puck 
and went right to a wild player. Yep. Uh, McDavid had, I don't know if he would have scored, but he had a shot from, the, the puck was right on the edge of the crease, six minutes into the second period. Wasn't being checked, fanned on it. Uh, I mean, you talked about, well, you talked about uh, Yamo trying the pass on the two-on-one. He saucered it all right. <laughs> I mean, he was still in the air when it hit the boards. It was all sauce. There was, yeah. no, there was no down on that one. And this is, the thing was that bothers you as a coach on that one, Yamamoto was on his off wing coming in. The defense didn't pressure him. The defenseman stayed right in the middle the whole way. There's no... The, Kyler Yamamoto, if someone said, okay, go anywhere on the ice to shoot a puck, you get one shot. It's like, just set yourself there, and we will start the play from there. He would pick the spot he was in that he passed from. Like He, he was in the perfect spot, and giving it to Hyman, even if the pass is perfect, Hyman is in a poor shooting area than Yamamoto was. And those are just the mistakes that they were making. Uh, Connor McDavid, three times tonight, had the puck coming across the blue line and just kind of pushed past to guys. Connor McDavid doesn't do that. Connor McDavid goes weeks without making yeah. a bad pass. So these are things that happen in the game tonight. And to me, and I, we can say it, players don't, they were mentally fatigued. And it showed in their play. And uh, they're going to have some rest. And they're going to go into uh, to, to Florida much more rested, and you would expect there to be a very good response from this game because this was not a good one. Well, and I'm glad you brought that up because that's one thing I, I noticed. Two hands on your stick. I mean, they, they were trying a lot of plays, so I'm just going to poke at it. I'll just slap yeah. at it with one hand. And, and, I mean, that's some of the detail they've been better at here over the, the last week. All those simple little plays or important little plays in tight areas. The Oilers were, were making a lot of those, and today many of them were, were turnovers. And, and and then just the little things, too, that are creeping into certain guys' games. And, and I don't want to pick on Evan Bouchard, but the one goal, is, I can't what game was it just recently, where he took off from his own end and the puck gets turned over and his guy gets a wide open I think it was against Winnipeg. And then tonight, the one of the breakaway goals, the puck's out one on the boards. He takes off offensively. It gets turned over, and his guy goes in on a breakaway. Those are things you got to get out of your game. Then later in the game, it was a two-on-two, and he got turned inside out, turned it into a, a, a two-on-one. The Oilers are good when they defend well. and simply, They're going to score goals. they got enough offense. Just make sure you defend well. If you keep the puck out of your own net, and that's something that Jay uh, Woodcroft has been talking about, good defense will lead to good offense. Uh, tonight, there was not good defense by the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, that'll be a focus here in our adjustment of the game going forward for Pro Drain Text for peace of mind down the line. Mini 7, Oilers 3 is your final. We'll go back to the Certainty Hotline. We'll welcome Cam to the show. Cam, you're on with Robin Reed. Go ahead. Hey, guys, the state about coaches. Uh, I've heard nothing much about the assistant coach. Why do you think he's fitting in with uh, Woodcroft? Well, Dave Manson came up with Jay Woodcroft from uh, Bakersfield, obviously. Uh, he works mostly with the defensemen. I, I think so far uh, Manson has done pretty well. For, from what I've heard, you know, he's very focused on getting everybody involved, and, and we've seen that with the ice time evening out, especially with the challenges of, of dressing four defensemen. And really, um, I guess Lagason isn't as young, but, you know, less experienced, Rob. So you've got mm -hmm. Lagason, Bouchard. Broberg and Nima Linen uh, back there. Uh, he built a pretty good reputation. I mean, he coached in the dub, right, Rob, and was coaching in the AHL. So uh, I, I think we'll see. I, I think so far so good for Dave Matson. He and Woodcroft know each other from from the Condors, and we'll see how he does. Yeah, I've, everything you've heard so far has been positive. Uh, and I tell you, he, he's a mathematician to be able to find the ice time and have it equal out so so quickly over the course of the game. So good on him. 
the one thing he's going to have tonight is a lot of video to be able to show his young players or his inexperienced players because there were mistakes top to bottom. But he's able to show the younger players, say, hey, here's where we need to improve. Yeah, and again, uh, so Broberg played exactly 12. Nima Linen played 17.05. Lagason played 15.18. Uh, Bouchard played 12.27. And this, this is what's... Nurse played 25 minutes. This is what's amazing about uh, a coaching change, uh, how it affects different players. Under Dave Tippett, Evan Bouchard was a lot of... There's nights he was 24, 25 minutes. There was over 20 minutes. And now tonight, 12. A guy like Lagason couldn't get in the lineup. And tonight, would you say he had 17 minutes? 15, 18. 15, 18. So he's, out, he's getting more ice time than certain players that were well ahead of him on the depth chart. And that's how uh, a coaching change affects... It affects the team, but it certainly affects different individuals, individuals uh, going forward. So uh, everyone gets a an audition to a, for a new coaching staff, and how you audition will dictate how much you play going forward. 7-3 the Wild. Take it. We'll update the power plays tonight for Extreme Power Products, your full-line Kubota dealer with four locations, including a new one in Camrose. Check out Extreme with an X, powerproducts.com. Wild were one for three. They got one early. That made it two nothing. The uh, Oilers were one for two on the power play. I, I guess we can find a bit of a positive. The power play did look good. They got a goal from Evander Kane, and, and the power play they had in the second period, the Oilers did have the puck for the full two minutes. And a number of inside great the chances. zone. Yeah, yeah. The, the power play looked good. It was creating opportunities. Sometimes uh, the defenders get the bounce or the break they needed, or, or some good goaltending. Uh, the Oilers' uh, power play looked very good tonight. Probably the only thing that you could count as a bonus tonight because everything else was a little off. <laughs> yeah, that goes without saying. <laughs> that Fiala had a good game. He did a lot. I I don't. I mean, he's he's fast. Yeah. But this is a an underrated team. Uh, you know, they got a lot of. This is a team that's probably better as a team than they would if they were all just in, individuals. If you look at each player, it goes that guy's okay. That guy's all right. He's okay. He's been good elsewhere. But as a team, they play well together. They're well coached. They move the puck well. They transition very well. They got good defense, and they're a confident team. As I said earlier, the toe drags, the making the extra move in the slot area, the keeping the puck on the outside, waiting for the better play to open up. It's just instead of throwing it there. They do that in the offensive zone, but where they play a smart game is defensively a lot of off the glass and out or flipping. The, there was a stretch in the late in the first period, I think it was, where they just three or four times in a row, they just flipped the puck as high as they could to get it out of their own zone because they were under pressure. And it's just punting. It's just understanding, well, we talked before the game, game management. When things are going a little awry, just simplify it as easy as you can, and they just dump the puck out and we'll just reset. All right, Oilers lose 7-3 to the Wild. We'll check the scoreboard for Edmonton Trailer. Looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers, head to edmontontrailer.com. As Rob referenced, the Oilers uh, fall a couple more points behind the Golden Knights as Vegas won 4-1 in San Jose. Jack Eichel with one goal tonight. He briefly had two goals and then they changed it to Pacioretty. It was a 4-3 win for the Hurricanes over the Penguins. The Canadians win two games in a row for the first time all season. 3-2 shootout win over the New York Islanders. And it's funny, we've been talking about it a lot lately. Uh, I think it was Anderson, I'm not positive, but scored the short side goal from the goal line that we see a lot in the National Hockey League. Is That is now the... Uh, 
it's where the guys are going. It's the one place that the goaltenders are leaving open. The Montreal Canadiens, I believe it was Anderson, scored one of those tonight. And Andrew Hammond got the win in net. I think it's about five years between wins for him. That's the Hamburglar. The Hamburglar. Yeah. I, well, I don't know what the record is in the National Hockey League, the, the length between wins for a goaltender, but five years is a long, long stretch. I, there, I bet you there was a lot of minor league bus trips between wins in the National Hockey League. So good for him. I'm just going to Google that. Did it's you, gonna be somewhere. Well, you're googling that in the New York Ranger game tonight. They won two one over the Ottawa Senators, and the Ranger goalie, uh, Igor, is it Shesterkin? Oh, Shesterkin. He tried scoring. He got stopped the puck behind his own net, rifled it down the ice, and just off the outside of the post, he tried scoring to make it a three one win, and then winked at the camera afterwards. <laughs> as, That's funny. And fortunately, it didn't cost him because there was an icing, but he did try to score. Panthers beat Chicago 5-2. Florida, the Oilers play them next weekend. They are 35-10-5. Columbus with a 7-3 win over the Sabres tonight. And the Coyotes win at home 3-1 against the Dallas Stars, who are one of those teams in the wildcard chase in the Western Conference. The Oilers' farm team, well, they didn't have a great night either. Bakersfield losing 7-4 to Stockton. It was also 6-2 after the second period, just like it was here. So a uh, tough night for the Condors. Luke Philp, the former U of A Golden Bear, got two goals tonight for uh, Stockton. That's Calgary's farm team. The Oil Kings won 9-1 last night against Saskatoon with Dylan Gunther getting four goals. They play at 2 o'clock here tomorrow against the Winnipeg Ice, which is going to be a big showdown matinee on Family Day. Okay, 780-496-0063. We have Sir Robert standing by on the Certainty Hotline. Hey, Sir Robert, go ahead. Uh, hey, boys, how you doing? Good. Well, I mean, you know what? Honestly, at first, at first tonight when I was watching the game, and Smith let in, Smith let in those four goals. First thing I'm thinking to myself is, okay, we need to get a goalie. But then, as I watched and as the game went on, I said to myself, you know what? Five and seven is pretty tough in any league, never mind the NHL. So I, so I think you know what? I think the team was just tired tonight. I think I, th I think that explains why there was the. Uh, uh, you know, so many mistakes, you know, and, uh, you know, and why the passes were a bit off. So, I mean, you know what, this is one of those games where you just, you know, you, you chalk it up to, you know, maybe being tired and just say, you know what, move on, forget about it because, because this next stretch that they got coming up here, this, uh, this, uh, next road trip, especially with starting Tampa, Florida, Carolina, that's where their focus needs to be right now. I believe this team will make the playoffs. And, uh, you know, and I guess we'll just have to see how it goes. Yeah, we appreciate Sir Robert. going to be fun to see how it goes over the next three games for sure. And, and Jay Woodcroft pretty much said they, they you know, they just got to shift focus now and, and look at the, the small picture and travel tomorrow, practice on Tuesday, play the Lightning on Wednesday. Of course, we have that one for you on 6.30, Chad. The face-off show is at 4, and the game's going to be at 5.30. Rob, tell me, you've been in NHL dressing rooms uh, I know most of the teams you, uh, you were on rarely lost. <laughs> uh, but when you were down 4-1 after the first period, um, do guys act angry? Is it is it quiet? Does one of the leaders try to say something? What's it usually like? Well, it depends the situation. And uh, if it's a team that's in a huge, horrible stretch like the others were when they went 2-11-2 and, and they were down 4-1, there'd be anger. And there'd be guys... Uh, being honest and there'd be yelling and there'd be uh, it would it would be a loud room uh, when you're a, a team that's played very well as the others have of late and you're behind yourself 4-1 it'd be a quieter room 
Uh, there's a confidence in the room right now. They feel that they can win every game. Sometimes things don't go the way you would expect. But they're, to me, in this, the dressing room tonight, they, and then just before you go, okay, let's get one. That's the, the big thing is just let's get one, get ourselves back in the hockey game. So it, there wouldn't have been a lot of talking as the players understood that this was one that had gone sideways on them, and they just had to figure a way to get back into it. 7-3, Minnesota takes it tonight. Whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game, we turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Ched.com. That would allow you to print up a coupon for a free appetizer to Japanese Village featuring Japanese AS Wagyu. Visit jvedmonton.com. CA. Okay, we'll go back to the Certainty Hotline. We have Trevor standing by. Hi, Trevor, go ahead. I'd like to know what, uh, if any points were scored from Drysaddle uh, or McDavid. Uh, Drysaddle had one assist tonight. McDavid had nothing. Yeah, so McDavid's point streak ends. He had 11 points in the last six games, so he was held off the score sheet tonight. Yeah, just a tough night all around. I, I, yeah. I think if McDavid had kept the streak alive, I don't think he would have been too, con- <laughs> too concerned no, about I, the way I don't. the game left. No, it was, a night, game went. it was a night where I think everyone wants to go home and get a good night's rest and, and forget it even happened and get back, uh, get a day off, and then st- go for a practice. The, the others need a practice. They, they just do. A, a team, new coach. You don't get to practice very much, reset things, and they understand the the excitement that this next road trip has. They understand that the teams they're playing are the you know three of the best teams in the NHL, two-time Stanley Cup champion. They want to measure themselves against these teams, so I think they're pretty excited about it as well. Well, I would hope so. I, I mean, the, that's that's the thing. I mean, you 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 can't just sit here and, and wallow. And I mean, no. again, everything that's gone. They've gone through already this season. I hope one loss after a five-game winning streak doesn't put them in a spiral. I don't think it will. No, I don't think. I think. I think they're going to have a great effort in Tampa. I don't know if you win or lose the game, but it's, you're looking at the effort and you're looking at getting back to doing the things that you were doing well. And if the Oilers play like they have in the past few games. They give themselves a chance to win hockey games. They didn't give themselves a chance to win this game. I should mention this is also the end of the what well, would have been the Olympic break. So the this these last eight games were all rescheduled games. So it would have been getting back to the schedule on Wednesday. This game against Tampa was when the schedule came out in the summer. So the only game now that the Oilers have left to make up from ones that were postponed is Monday, March 7th at Calgary because they had nine games postponed from COVID, most of them in December there. Uh, so those have all been made up now except for the one in Calgary. So yep, I knew that because I was supposed to be in Hawaii. I had to come back for these games. So I'm well aware, Reed. Well, you never went, so you didn't have to come back for the games. Well, in my mind, I was gone a few of those days. Well, in my mind, you're gone a lot of days. <laughs> that in my, is true in my mind, your mind is gone a lot of days. That's what I was trying to say. <laughs> well, I was so confused, I actually understand what you meant. <laughs> Uh, we have Cam on the Certainty Hotline as well. Go ahead, Cam. Hey, how you doing, guys? Good. Uh, po- positive effort. I want to say I love the way the team finished the game. They could have just, I guess, packed it in last for the third period, but they came back. They they fought, in my opinion. It was it was a good effort, so I was happy. And I think it's going to set the stage for next game pretty well. So I'm really hopeful next next game is going to be a really good good effort uh, by the team. Yeah, well, I hope so. I mean, like we were saying, I hope they brush this one aside. Um, yeah, I mean, it was just a, it was a rough night yeah. overall. 
I'm looking yeah, at I think Yamo wanted to fight. Dad literally wanted to fight. He, he was, I'd love to see Yamo in a fight. Well, he picked the guy about the same size. He went after him. He was he was very aggressive tonight, Yamo. Uh, actually, a few guys were. Frustration starts to bowl over, and you're just looking for someone to take your frustration out. I'm looking forward to this road trip as a fan. I, I want to see the best teams in the National Hockey League. We don't get to see Tampa or Florida or Carolina near enough, so I want to see the Edmonton Oilers play against the best team, see how they stack up against them. I want to see Kucherov and Hedman and Aho and Barkov and Huberdeau. Huberdeau and Barkov having great years. Huberdeau, mm -hmm. I think, is second in the league in scoring right now or somewhere right around that. I want to see the best players play, and I want to see them play against my team. So I'm excited about the next three hockey games. Yeah, McDavid, 71 points. Dry no, i got to check if this is updated. Uh, yeah, this is updated. So McDavid, 71 points. Dreisaitl and Huberdeau, both 70. And then Kadri uh, and Goudreau, 63. You know, Johnny Goudreau's plus 40, eh? I saw that. I thought it was... <laughs> actually, when I saw that the other day, I thought it was a, a misprint. So I went on my... I Googled it to see if that's true or not. I watched... I don't watch a lot of games outside of the Oilers because we see a lot of them. But I did watch the Calgary Flames play the other night. Uh, Johnny Goudreau is now playing like Johnny Goudreau did five years ago. There was a stretch Well, he's a Hart Trophy candidate. Yeah, absolutely. He is. is. Yep. Absolutely. And, it, and it's good to see that he's doing that. The problem for the Calgary Flames is he's an unrestricted free agent at the season's end. He's having an MVP season. They might not be able to afford him. Okay. More time for your calls. You'll also hear from Dreisaitl and Nurse. Rough go for Edmonton tonight. Minnesota wins at 7-3. Back after the news and weather. This is Heartland Ford, overtime open line. McDavid walks in on the right wing. On top of the circle is passed to Barry, and his quick shot goes wide. Lagason keeps it in. Scattered on the left wing point, pulls to the middle, snapshot save made by Cockin and loose puck scores! Tyler Benson finds a loose puck and he gets his first goal in the National Hockey League. And the Edmonton Oilers have cut the lead to 6-2. 30th NHL game for Tyler Benson, 23rd this season, and he gets his first goal. Good milestone for him. But unfortunately, it comes in a loss. Minnesota beating Edmonton tonight 7-3. If you missed this one or tuned in late, well, <laughs> it was 3-0 Minnesota, 6-17 into the game, 4-0, 13-38 into the game. And uh, Edmonton played catch-up the whole night, and that was a pretty big hill to climb. So the Oilers' record on the season, now 28-19-3. Their five-game winning streak is over. They're 5-1 under Jay Woodcroft. Minnesota now 31-13-3 on the season. They had lost their last two games, but in their last 16 games, they are 12-3-1. they got a really good club. They're fun to watch. 780-496-0063 is the certainty hotline. We have Nils standing by. Hey, Nils, what's going on? Not much. Um, this morning, or no, no, it's Friday morning on uh, the drive to work. Uh, Jay Lynn was filling in for Daryl, and uh, yep. she was talking to somebody about uh, an emotional service dog. And she said the idea was actually uh, stolen from World War One when uh, combat troops would bring dogs along, and they'd call them the mascot. Okay. I, I thought it'd be cool if, like, the Oilers got a dog. <laughs> well, they have. Uh, there is a service dog being trained with OEG. Uh, I think his name like, is Flex. For the players? I, well, he's not with the players. So, no, he's in the OEG offices. But, no, there's there's no. So you're saying they should have, like, a dressing room dog? A dog that goes everywhere. <laughs> Even on the road? Yeah. 
That'd be quite a life. It would be. I tell you, the players, would, the players would like it. Except when you get into one of those cold places and they tell you, okay, rookie, you go walk the dog. But other than that, the players would like it. <laughs> Anyways, just a thought. Well, that, that is an original thought from Nils. Uh, we have never had that suggested before. Uh, I just quickly looked. No, I, I think Flex is still around the office. This was from September 3rd. Uh, Flex, it is a, uh, it is a she. She's uh, with Dogs with Wings Assistance Dog Society. Five months old in September. So what would she be now, Rob? Almost a year. About and then uh, after she does this sponsorship program with OEG, she will become a certified assistance dog. So I, I don't know if she has graduated or not yet. That is a great March 12th is her birthday. That's a great organization. Dogs with Wings, great organization. Um, I, I've been on teams where there'd be certain days where you could bring your dogs into the dressing room, and guys would. Guys love it. It's fun. Um, I'm not sure... I'm not sure you want a dog traveling with you because at some point one of you is going to lose a dog and then you're the team that lost the dog. Right. That never <laughs> that's a good point. Good. That's, that's uh, never going to go well. That'd be bad PR. <laughs> Remember that year the uh, whoever won the Stanley <laughs> Cup? Yeah, but their dog ran away. They're terrible. <laughs> well, the Oilers put out that dog calendar a few weeks ago which was really popular. You saw that because Koskinen has that real little dog. I haven't seen it's all of it. I do see they always start uh, on the Jumbotron. I've seen, cause I think Nugent Hopkins is on the cover with his dog. Yes. And so they, I've seen that up there. That is cool. I mean, I, I bet you the majority of the players have dogs. Yeah, so I don't know if they need a team dog. Well, you know what? There's some days that I would be willing to give one of my two dogs to the team to take away for a while. Well, someday this show feels like it's gone to the docks. <laughs> <laughs> this might be one of those days. 7-3, Minnesota wins it. Let's go back downstairs. Leon Dreisaitl and Darnell Nurse. To answer this uh, combined question, A, uh, coming off five wins, what do you think happened tonight? And B, probably more, more important, uh, your next four games are against the second, third, fourth, and fifth place teams in the NHL. And how important is it to transition into that uh, from each of you? Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, we, we didn't have much jump today. Uh, got off to a really bad start. Um, so yeah, this league's obviously too hard to come back from a four nothing uh, deficit. Uh, I thought we had a little push in the second there, but um, couldn't really get anything going. Uh, um, and to your second part, uh, yeah, I mean obviously it's 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 going to be a tough uh, tough road trip. It's it's a long one uh, against really good hockey teams in this league, but uh, we're a really good team too. Um, we we uh, obviously didn't have our best tonight, but um, you know we're going to regroup and, and um, you know look uh, look to have a successful road trip. Yeah, like Leon said, it just wasn't a sharp enough start, and then you're you're trying to chase the game, so um, yeah, you park it and move on to a big road trip here. Have a couple of days uh, to, to rest and recoup, and then um, look forward to playing some of the best teams in the league. That's uh, so you look forward to as a player. Uh, maybe for Leon, um, how, how much do you attribute tonight's loss to playing five games in seven days? I mean, you guys have had a pretty pretty long week. Yeah, I mean, 
No, of course. We, we've, we've been playing a lot of games, uh, no question. But I think every, every team goes through this, you know. Um, we don't want to use this as an excuse. Uh, we just um, obviously had no jump today, and, and our execution wasn't where, where it needs to be. And, um, you know, that's, that's a good team. You get a uh, tip your cap every once in a while, uh, too. You know, they, they made some good plays. So um, we know what we have to do to be better. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's all I got. Uh, and Darnell, I mean, it was probably a tough start for your goaltender, but how would you kind of rate the work that he had in, fr in front of him, uh, you know, especially in the first, you know, five, ten minutes of that game? Yeah, it was too many great days, uh, whether it's breakaways or, or two-on-ones, and um, it's tough to, tough to give your goalies those kind of looks early in the game. kind of made reference of it a bit earlier that you know you guys still believe in, in who you are do you have enough sort of equity built up over the last five games that you could look at something like this as hey it's just one of those nights and not you know something else yeah no I, I I'm, I'm uh, very positive that it's just one of those nights um, you know we, we played five really really good games in a row um, uh, and even tonight there's there's stretches where we, we were okay we just we didn't execute we didn't have uh, didn't have much jump, like I said earlier, but um, we, we know we're a good team when we play the right way and, and when we play it our way. And um, we just, you know, obviously have to regroup here a little bit, get back to that, and, um, you know, uh, off, off to a, a, a good road trip for us. Probably not the circumstances he wants to get his first goal of the season, but I mean, the guys look pretty happy when uh, Tyler Benson got his. Yeah, it's always great to see. Um, I'm sure he, he would have. Uh, liked it to be in a little bit of a tighter game, um, but regardless, you know this is a, a, a great moment for a young player. Um, it's it's a it's a special moment. Um, you know, hopefully his family was uh, was here tonight and and they got to um, got to watch him score his first goal. So uh, it's regardless of the score, it's a, it's an amazing moment. Hey, Darnell, it's been kind of a stressful last couple of weeks here with everything going on. And I just want to ask you about going on the road now and, and getting away from, from everything. And, and you have the games spaced out pretty nicely over the next two weeks. We'll have some practice time. You'll have some time to work together. How, how, how big is that for you guys? Maybe just as a mental kind of break is more than anything, having the schedule so compacted here the last little while. Yeah, no, I think we're uh, excited to get on the road. I think first and foremost, we're playing good teams. So that always brings you here. You're jumping your passion and, and you want to have a, have a good road trip. Uh, like you said, though, we have some practice. We can work on some of the systems that have been implemented the last couple of weeks and, um, you know, grow our game. I think we, we've done some really good things. There's areas we still need to clean up at the same time uh, with practice and reps and, and becoming more and more familiar with the system. Uh, we're just going to continue to get better. And then, Leon, at the, at the beginning of the season, you guys were saying lose one, but don't lose two in a row, don't lose three in a row. Same kind of mentality going on the road here, just get this one out of the way and just get back on the winning track. Yeah, for sure. That, that's always our mentality. Um, you know, we, we like I said, uh, we know that, you know, this is going to be a hard road trip, of course. Um, a lot of games, but uh, really good teams that we're playing. But those are the games uh, you want to be in, right? That's like Nursi said, you know, th those are the challenges that, that you get up for. And, and um, those are the, the teams that, you know, we, um, I guess, want to compare ourselves to uh, eventually or right now. And um, so good tests for us, um, you know, regroup, uh, park this one and um, yeah, get back at it. Leon Dreisaitl, Darnell Nurse after the Oilers fall 7-3 to the Minnesota Wild. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line.
Kevin Fiala with two goals and an assist for the Minnesota Wild as they beat the Edmonton Oilers 7-3 tonight. Capo Cocken in the winning goaltender. He stops 30 out of 33 as Minnesota ends a little two-game slide and the Oilers' five-game winning streak comes to an end tonight. Uh, Matthew Boldy. Rob, uh, a younger first-round draft pick for uh, the Minnesota Wild in 2019. I remember... Uh, being at that draft and uh he's got some he's got some potential I mean, he was one of those guys uh out of the u.s national development team program uh six two 200 pounds decent size so he went 12th overall in 2019 and uh that was the year so alex church so all these guys were off the u.s national development team that year jack hughes went first overall to New Jersey. Alex Turcotte went fifth to Los Angeles. Trevor Zegras went ninth to Anaheim. He might be better than Jack Hughes. He's good. Uh, and then Boldy went 12th. Uh, Spencer Knight, the goalie, went 13th to Florida. Cam York, who hasn't played a ton, went uh, 14th to Philadelphia. And then you know, you know who Montreal got 15th? Uh, Cole Caulfield. Cole Caulfield. So yeah, that was a lot. That was a year a lot of American players went in the top. That was a pretty talented U.S. Uh, team that they had because they all played together. Yeah, I, d I knew nothing about this Matt Boldy tonight, uh, other than his stats. He's now at a point a game, 15 games into the season. He was excellent. He uh, he had calm and patience with the puck. He made smart plays, and you can tell that he knows his way around the offensive zone as every time he was in there, he made the right moves, the right plays. So uh, just another in a long line of uh, good, young, talented players coming from the United States and fits in well. It's funny, I looked at the, uh, we get the both teams' lineups out, written out quite nicely so we get all the lines together and everything and see the players' stats and, and whatnot. But in Canada, or excuse me, in Edmonton, there's two, four, six, eight, ten, 12, 13 Canadians on our team. And Minnesota, they have the American team. They have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, uh, seven Americans and just uh, a couple Canadians. So uh, in Minnesota, it is hockey country in the States, and they try to have as many American players as they can, and they've chosen some good ones and a very good Russian. It's always interesting to look back on drafts, and this one mm -hmm. is still pretty early to analyze. This was the one Philip Broberg went eighth overall to the Oilers. Um, I mean, points per game... You got Zegers right now, and another guy who's looking really good. Remember Detroit took Moritz Sider, the defenseman, sixth he's, overall? He's and I talented. remember being at that draft, and a, a lot of us were like, seriously, that high? He's got 35 points in 51 career games as a defenseman. I mean, most if you had a forward who was three years <laughs> after being drafted and was 35 points in and, 51 games, you'd be pretty happy. And that's on a Detroit team that isn't – he's not getting any freebies. He's not giving the puck to Connor McDavid behind his own net, like letting him go end-to-end -end getting a free assist. It's a Detroit team that's, you know, it's going to be out of the playoffs, and he's a very good he's a very good player on that team. Yeah, I, I, nothing against Jack Hughes, uh, and he's still relatively young. And New Jersey's not great, uh, eighty-two points in one hundred and forty-seven games. We'll see, we'll see where he goes. But Zegras, right now, to me, is the most exciting player. He's most uh, exciting. I, I don't know if he'll be the best, but he's certainly the most exciting. And every time you watch him play, it's like, what's he going to do? And as I told you the other day, when they were here, the Ducks were here. I watched warm up. And at the end of the warm-up, he just kept going in on the goaltender and taking breakaways. And every time he went in, he'd do something silly and score. 
the kid is talented. They're, the skill level amongst players nowadays, amongst these young players, is through the roof. And it's fun to watch what they're capable of doing and the confidence they have to try these things. Where in my my generation, uh, we never even thought to do that just in case it failed. These kids have no fear. And we should mention the player who went third overall is Kirby Dock from Fort Saskatchewan. Now, his points aren't gaudy, but in terms of being an all-around force, mm-hmm. uh, I think... I don't think there'll be... If you redraft this in 10 years for fun, I don't think there'll be any doubt that Doc's still going to be a top-five pick. Just the way he plays and that he can do everything. He can, I, uh, but it, it is... It, I've done this many times. We just go on and look like, all right, I'm going to look at the 2014 draft, and then you see where the players are drafting. You're like, how could they have missed this guy? Well, true. How did they, But then again, how many teams missed Zetterberg and Datsuk? that the Detroit Red Wings got with late draft picks. And you think, how could they miss those guys? These guys turned into Hall of Famers. Uh, but when you're drafting kids that are 18 years old, you don't know where they're going to be seven, eight years from then. 7-3, Minnesota takes it tonight over the Oilers. Uh, Edmonton's goal scorers, Evander Kane got his fifth on the power play. Tyler Benson, first career goal. That came in the second period. And then Zach Hyman with just a minute six left in the third period. Almost a shorthanded goal as he and McLeod were coming up the ice. The Oilers were sure shorthanded. When the puck went in the net, Leon Dreisaitl was back on the ice so it did not count as a shorty but Hyman now up to 18 on the season okay back for some final thoughts Heartland Ford overtime open line